PGA Nation, we are back and we're coming with the big hitter. It's a major, the PGA Championship, Southern Hills Country Club. It's going to be not only a fun night, it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, everything, all the A games are coming. It's it's basically bowl season for golf, right? All the best DraftKings tournaments, all the best golfers are out there. All the best content we have to give you, we're giving you all tonight, right now. Here we go. See ya. How you doing? Well, I mean, I'm surprised you went to me first because you know you're going to catch some heat for last week. And it's part of the reason, if everybody didn't see my tweet from an hour ago, it's part of the reason I needed to join Team Audience to like just right the ship. And for the record, as, as it pertains to Gate, I want it to be clear. The audience and myself, it's not that we didn't like Hideki as a pick. It was it was two parts. It was we didn't have the salary to take Decky and a guy we liked. And two, it was just a matter of getting the pick right. And and I, I yeah, I blame you. I blame a little bit of Steven, as it turns out, because I think he thought we picked him too, but it was a mere discussion. So we're going to write the ship. The audience is definitely going to win this week. And for the record, it's not just us us three. In a minute, we're going to bring on David, our new Wind Daily Sports contributor, who was super sharp. He's going to address the weather a little bit because I know that's a concern for some people. So right after Spencer's model breakdown, David, he's going to be picking his own team. He's going to address the weather before we get into that. But the point is, team audience, I hope you're here in the chat. I see some of you already. We got Byron in there from Back Nine Bets. We got Zach. We got David. Uh, hopefully a host of others because we're taking it this week, Joel. Well, before we move on, your whole notion rejected. Just rejected. You, I, I gave you Decky. I even told you. I gave you the, this is the better pick. You should keep it. If you want to redo it and mess your team up, you can. And what did you guys do? You didn't listen to me. You <laughs> redid your pick. You let go of Decky. It was the principle. It was the principle of rejected. the whole thing. No, you can't come back now after you messed up the whole pick and act like you meant it. No way. No, you I got to say this. Up. I do have to say this. Not necessarily in your defense, but I was, uh, what's the, sullen when I realized that our Decky Donald trade-off was for Adam Scott and whoever else we ended up picking. Because Adam Scott was not on my, actually, I don't even remember how he finished last week. Maybe he did well. I, I literally don't remember. He was not on my radar at all. Pre-tournament post-tournament or during the tournament so did he did he make the cut guys he, he made the cut it was something it was a very adam scott finish it was yes. nothing exciting, exciting indeed enough. all right fair enough okay well that's enough of that for now but uh decky gate is come and gone <laughs> we are back with the vengeance this week well we had to i mean before we, we move on to that i will say because of decky gate and the audience obviously showing the uh inability to draft their own team on their own because <laughs> of what happened See ya, we had to bring you in to help basically babysit the audience because they're obviously incapable. So, audience, get it together. Uh, this is a major, so we can't we can't have those blunders for tonight. We got you some help. I know you guys probably, hopefully, can eventually get there, but obviously, it, you need help. So, that's what we, we brought in, and we did. See, it was right. Uh, we did bring in the big guns. Obviously, we're bringing the heat every week with the Golf Writer of the Year, of course. Spence, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm excited for the show this week. Like it went off the rails. I'm expecting you, Joel, to be off the top ropes again this week. So it should be an exciting show. Yeah. It will be. It will. And, and now we've made it official. I'm holding everyone accountable. So no more blunders, right? You know, you gotta, you gotta live with it. But what we're also doing is we're bringing in some more big guns. And as 
Sia was saying, uh, if you've been in our Discord, you've, you've talked to David already. He's really sharp. He really knows his golf. So I don't know. I didn't know it was possible to level up our group, but we found a way to do it again, as we always do, by getting David in here to give you some more insight. So Sia, without further ado, if you don't mind, let's welcome him on. Um, yeah, David, I'm going to bring you on now. David, how are you? So David's coming straight from New Zealand uh, to talk to us, to be with us now. David, how are you? That's right. How boys? How are we doing? We're good? We're doing good. Can really you understand good. me? That's the first thing I need to establish. Can we can we get past the accent barrier? We're good. Yeah, I mean, I'm good. good. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we're taking the international. Let's go. Should I don't know if the audience will be able Should to get over because they, they make a lot of mistakes in, in <laughs> this crew, but we on the on the show are good for sure. David, for the first yeah. time, I feel underdressed for the show, and I have you to blame for that, and I don't appreciate it. I mean, as much as I would like to claim that it's uh, for you boys, it is uh, 12 o'clock in the afternoon here in New Zealand. So New Zealand time, I'm in the midst of uh, of work on an extended lunch break to to join you from here. So, um, But yeah, keeping it classy, you know, we've got to take it up a level. It's a, it's a major. It's a big week. I love it. You, you're you're all right. I am starting to feel bad about myself. I, I feel like I need to take a quick break, put a tie on, so we can we can all be you're on good, the man. Same. You're good. You're you're off the clock. Okay. All right. All right. I, I will say this before, and we'll get to. Let's just go right to the to model breakdown because I know this show could go really long with the introduction of a new guest. But I got to say this about David. For anybody that's been in the Wind Daily Discord over the last two weeks, and I know a few of you in the chat can absolutely vouch for this. His work is really like amazing uh and it really rounds out our team really well of course we have spencer we have joel we have a, a bunch of other guys including obviously steven and isaiah uh you name it but having david especially give us that european the dp world tour perspective he is really in uh, on a lot of levels that we're not always on so to the extent i know that i have blind spots david has already kind of like helped me cure those so david i, I just got to tell you um, our discord like has gone up like not a level it's gone up like three or four levels because of you and for those of you that are not in our discord and think i'm just kind of like talking just listen to the rest of the show and i think you'll get an idea of what i'm talking about and then david i, I know you you've been around so you've seen the show how do you feel you feel comfortable with the draft rules you know how it works snake style yeah, man, I'm ready. Just as long, I mean, I've I've been chatting with Sierra a little bit back and forth this week. As long as he doesn't steal any of my picks, we're good. <laughs> well, well, were you here, David? Were you part of the chat last week with the with Decky Gate? Were you a part of that? Yeah, I I, I saw a bit of that controversial man. Um, you know, yes. and uh, yeah, I, I don't know where I lean. I, th I think uh, once your picks in, your picks in, and um, you you put your first pick in. That that's locked, and you've you've got to play the cards as they fall after that. Okay, that's, here's the thing, my, David. And, David, and you're an attorney. You're an attorney, Sia. You should know that. Here, so here's the thing: uh, we never picked Decky. What happened was, and, and listen, listen, Joel. I don't really blame you because you don't always monitor the chat. That's usually like not necessarily just your your uh, domain. We were talking for like five minutes about, hey, what's our strategy going in? And so we talked about Decky. We talked about Decky and other guys. And we it wasn't just Decky that we talked about, but you saw so much Decky that you just assumed that was a pick. We hadn't even really nominated a single person yet by the time it got to our pick. That's the reality of the situation. We never actually – so motion denied from David, uh, motion granted for Sia Najad. Effective and immediately. I Sounds have like hired Sia as my counsel, and I've hired David as my new uh, – Thank you. <laughs> Well, we'll battle this out later. Let's get to the let's get to the model breakdown, Spencer. 
Yeah, so for the fifth time in PGA Championship history, Southern Hills will be the host venue for the week. But anything you can find from past iterations of the course should probably be thrown out the window because of the restorations that have taken place over the past few years. Measuring in as a 7,556-yard par 70, the property might not always play as long as that version of the scorecard suggests, but the hilly terrain and rolling hills will create an outlandish amount of uneven lies where players in the field will need to accept the good breaks to go along with the bad. The best way I would describe the facility is a fiery venue that produces extra rollout and shots that don't stop in the correct locations possess a risk of either trickling down the shave runoff areas of the putting surface, sometimes as far as 20 to 30 yards off the green, or perhaps even worse than that, into the creek if a drive off the tee catches the wrong slope of the hill. All of those factors should naturally put a vision of great tee to green form into your head, and that point becomes even further emphasized when you look into 11 different holes featuring four or more sand traps guarding the surface. Like any PGA Championship test, total driving will be a factor for the week. And the ability to control your irons from all distances, mixed with a short game that can recover and save par on errant approaches, might be the key if you want to conquer the venue. I will very quickly run through my model, but I started with that weighted tee to green for 35%. That is a large percentage up front, but I took a recalculation of the metrics to provide 40% of that computation from a reweighted proximity total from 100 yards and beyond, 30% from total driving, which is a 65-35 split of distance over accuracy, and then 30% around the green. I did weighted fast bent grass for 15%. There is a separate category in my model if you want to look at straight putting, but I took a redistribution where 70% came from a total aspect on fast bent grass, and then 30% looked into putting on similar greens. Strokes gain total at hard scoring courses, 10%. I'm not necessarily as convinced as everybody else in this space that we're going to get a single digit winner. I know right now in the betting space, nine and a half seems to be the over under of where it's going to be, but there's still going to be a decent percentage of the field that will struggle to break par strokes gain total in the win for 5%. The win that is projected in the forecast deserves more of a significant weight than just 5%, but I haven't loved my recent models where I've gone higher than that total. There are so many abnormalities regarding wind in general, and I prefer adding it as something I can look into more from a daily perspective and maybe not so much as a deciding factor over all four rounds. I have weighted par four for 15%. I looked into some of the specific ranges and extrapolated from there. Weighted scrambling 10%. That is pretty self-explanatory. And then sand save percentage for 10%. As I mentioned, 11 of the holes are guarded by four plus bunkers. Pretty much every location will have multiple that come into play. Sand safe percentage, in my opinion, is going to be equally as crucial as around the green, if not more so. I love it. And especially this week. I, I think more so this week than most weeks. The course breakdown is going to be crucial. I think this is a very unique course. Um, and it's going to be really important to understand it, understand where you can find a edge, which types of players uh, you're going to want to target this week. Okay, so real quick, before we get into the actual draft guys, a couple things. Michael Raziel is in the chat, and he says, if there was a love button, I would smash it. So uh, those of you that can smash the like button, please go ahead and do that. Um, we've already got several um, tens and tens of likes, but let's let's try to pump that up even more. Um, Michael, thanks for joining the show. And earlier, David did make a comment. Sia is correct on the legal battle we're having. So I just wanted to point that out. I'll probably put that up periodically as the show continues. Finally, before we get to the picks, David, 
Um, Spencer addressed the weather. And, and I know when it comes to weather, things can change. And it's certainly not a constant thing. But I know you've been really up on the weather. That's something you like to keep track of, which we're all happy about here at Wind Daily. Tell me kind of what you're seeing with the weather, whether or not there's a wave advantage or maybe a first round leader advantage. What are you seeing from a weather standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, first thing I'd say is, Spence, your course um, analysis is just on point every week. Thank like you. we, you don't you don't get anything else like that in the market, and um, the knowledge that you bring is absolutely awesome. So, thank you. Um, big props to you. It's it's always on point. Um, reiterating what Spencer said, I think the the greens in particular are one of the largest changes that you've seen on the course here from Gil Hans, and. What we'd seen over the years um, with Southern Hills is the greens had sort of built up around the edges and kind of created this kind of like satellite dish effect where the approach shots, when they came in, didn't necessarily fall off the green. And because of this rounding that he's done on the edges, it makes these tiny greens even smaller. And in the wind, it is just going to be nasty. So uh, the weather I'm seeing this week is pretty significant. I said to Sia yesterday, golf more so than any other sport matters on the course and the weather. You know, nothing is as exposed as golf. You know, you think baseball, if you're playing at uh, Wrigley Field or if you're playing at the Yankees, it doesn't really matter which stadium you're playing in. In golf, you are subject to that weather every single week. And, and this week, it does look to be particularly significant. So on the Thursday, um, it is fairly consistent throughout the day. It's starting about 10 miles per hour in the, the morning gusting up to, say, 18 or 20, and it is going to build throughout the day. So there is an advantage for the Thursday AM guys. I do think as well with these greens, because it is hot and it is going to be windy as well, that they're going to have to water them overnight. I think that's going to make some more receptive conditions in the morning on those greens for those tricky approach shots. Then on the Friday, this is where it gets real nasty. So overnight on Friday, we're predicting a front to come through. And that's going to be peaking at about 7 a.m. right when those Friday a.m. morning tea times are going to be um, teeing off. And get this, so the constant prevailing wind at that time is going to be anywhere from 20 to 22 miles per hour. And all the models that I'm looking at are gusting between 35 to 45 miles per hour on that Friday morning. So that Friday morning is nasty. And you're thinking these tiny greens with... Um, with the curved edges where that five, you, you really need to be on the right quadrant of those greens even. So your approach pro, approach play needs to be precise. And then I, I'm really putting a lot of uh, weight on the around the green game because no matter how elite an iron player you are, you are going to miss greens. It's just a fact. Um, so for me, someone like Hovland goes down in my books, unfortunately, a little bit. As an elite iron player, as he is, you're going to get gusts and it's just going to carry the ball no matter how good an iron shot that you've hit and it's going to end up offline and you're going to end up with these really tricky chips from these tight shortcut grass lies. And um, so that's why I'm leaning towards that Thursday AM, Friday PM pretty much exclusively. It's one of the most significant draws that I've seen probably since the players. The other thing that I'll add on Friday afternoon is that we are potentially seeing some thunderstorm activity coming through on Friday afternoon around four o'clock. Now, what that could do is mean that those afternoon tea times on the Friday p.m. actually then get to tee off Saturday morning in the calmer conditions, the softer greens. So, again, you're getting another layer of that Friday p.m. group getting a little bit of an advantage. So I'm seeing this swing anywhere between two to four. As Sia said, we are trying to predict the weather. And, and by nature, that is unpredictable. Um, but I'm using multiple forecast models in modeling this, and everything is pointing to Thursday and Friday PM being the tea time to, to chase. Did you hear that, team audience? Hopefully you have the tea times pulled up, just saying.
That's big. I, you know, keep that in mind when you're building your, your lineups. Uh, I don't think that necessarily means you can only play players from the early tea time and none right. from the afternoon, but it definitely does mean you want to lean that way and, and weight your, your picks that way and definitely use that knowledge and use that advantage uh, to help, uh, you know, building out your rosters and maybe potentially tonight on the draft cast. We got a lot in store for tonight, so we're going to dive right in. We're going to get into the draft. Um We'll go through that, and then, of course, at the end, we'll give you our first-round leaders, which, again, will fa- weather will be a big factor for that, and we'll give you our outright ticket. So I'm going to pull up the board. Now, I will congratulate Spencer for uh, another DraftCast victory. Uh, he did a great job. He picked the order. So, you know, I, I will say, you know, it had nothing to do with me, but conveniently I happened to be picking, uh, you know, right you know, before the audience. So uh, I know you guys had maybe Thanks. mentioned potentially drafting Decky. <laughs> we'll see about that. So without further ado, Spencer, you are on the clock. Uh, it's I'm, you know, you gave me a little bit of money. You bribed me to get that third spot in front of them. So we can leave that out. You might want to edit that out in like <laughs> different versions of this. But uh, for my first pick, there are a handful of setups that always pique my curiosity for this player. The first is when we get these tree line venues that accentuate total driving. We have always seen him provide his best golf when we get, you know, him to use a driver as his weapon, but perhaps even more importantly than that, I like him when the greens do become smaller. It doesn't mean players aren't going to three putt because they most certainly will, but the ability to recover from either a bunker or from off the surface is going to be extremely vital as David just said. So with my first pick, I am going to do exactly what I did at the Masters, and I am going to take Rory McIlroy. Can't argue with that. I like the pick for this week. I didn't think he would go first, though, so I'm a a bit surprised um, by that. But, yeah, of course, I think it's it's a good pick. I I think in reality, like, I, I texted this to you guys. I don't think that I needed the first pick to do this. It was probably counterintuitive to put myself here because... I don't believe certain players are going to fall back to me now, but I don't know if I have the opportunity. I like putting myself in the first spot. It looks like Danny saw it coming. I, I mean, I, I like Rory quite a bit. He's on the right side of the way for whatever that's yeah. worth to people, um, which you know should be quite a bit. Uh, and the game's coming together. I mean, the recent form is great. Second and fifth pace finish at, at I believe Wells Fargo and the Masters. Spencer, you might have said that, but um, it does seem like a Rory course too. So uh, don't mind that pick at all. So, David, it is on you. You are about to make your very first PGA DraftCast pick as a member, by the way, of Wind Daily Sports, which is really cool for us. But hopefully it's cool for you, too. The floor is yours, my friend. I am. And I, I like that Rory pick there. Uh, one thing I'd draw from the DP World Tour there for Rory is I do see some parallels to this course to Emirates Golf Club, which plays the Dubai Desert Classic. So that's a Rolex series event over there. That's one of the elite fields. Rory realistically should have won that tournament this year. I actually went to Hovland in the end. But that's a course where you've got bent grass greens. You're getting lots of wind in the afternoon. It was a, a windy iteration this year, and he played really well. And if he hadn't put the uh, – he went for a green and two on that. 18th when really his caddy should have pulled him back and, and he would have won the tournament if it wasn't for that so I really like Rory in that spot um, fortunately my favourite pick still available and I'm going to upset the fans straight off the bat and I'm taking uh, oh, Dick no. Nancy Yama. oh no that is so rude wow <laughs> what happened to me and, and I was 
and and before I upset upset the fans too much, I will say that this is my top pick this week is Decky, and and I've got a few reason reasons why. Um, th- this is a long golf course, like there's no bones about it, and um, at 7,500 yards. Uh, past 70. We know that a lot of those approach shots are coming in past 200 yards. Hideki rates out second so far this season in that in proximity to the um, to the tee from 200 yards and over. We've got a late short game. Yes, the putter um, is a question mark, but we're also seeing smaller greens here, and I don't think putting's necessarily going to be as big a factor. Obviously, we've got a lot of parallels to this course to Augusta. Hideki's got an amazing form around Masters, and what do, you, what do you Yanks say? Eat the chalk? I don't know why you're all obsessed with eating chalk, but um, <laughs> I feel that's what I'm doing here with this pick. Uh, is, there a, is there a synonymous phrase we can use? Because I also hate using the phrase eat the chalk. So if somebody in the chat or David, yourself, or Spencer, or Joel can come up with something different, that would be swell. We'll, we'll have to think on that one. Um, you know, I, I like the Decky pick. I think Decky has been lights out for, for some time now. He's been playing great. And, you know, he, he was dealing with a bit of an injury. And so even through his injury, he played pretty well, right? And now it seems like he's healthy again. And, and you know, I think uh, sky's the limit. So, yeah, I think it's a really solid pick there. Zach, um, Zach says uh, David is now banned from this show for life, which I kind of agree with. Um, back nine bets, of course, that's Byron. Uh, the audacity, he says, with a bunch of exclamation points, which reminds me, I hope Lindsay makes an appearance. For all of you out there that might be friends with people who – are always in this chat or friends that aren't in this chat that you think should be in this chat, please promote this however you see fit, whether it's texting your friend or, or WhatsApping somebody or retweeting this on Twitter, whatever the case may be. Um, this chat is so fun. That's, that's why I had so much fun last week being in the chat. So we love all of you. We want more people to watch this. So um, please uh, help us out as creatively as you, you see fit. Um, sorry, Joel. I, uh, I guess it's your pick now, huh? I appreciate it. I'm stoked. My number one player who I would have taken one overall is still there. Uh, so I'm going to get him at three, which is great. And who I'm taking is, in my opinion, currently the second best golfer in the world. And I think there's a clear one and two. Um, and I think the value we're getting, I think he's even, even though he's priced high, I still think he's mispriced. And that's Cameron Smith. Mm. Um, you know, we've seen Cameron Smith at the top of the leaderboard in every major this year, whether it's, you know, in the top three spots, um, he's really been competing in every tournament he's played in. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was the second highest priced golfer in this tournament. So the fact that he's five or six guys down and I can still get him here, I think is a really good value for me. I, I, anybody else want to comment on that? I, I like that pick of course. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I like, the, no, I, I was just going to say, I like the pick also. Like when I run this from an upside perspective, Cameron Smith jumps into, I mean, as you would naturally expect with the form we've seen from him recently, way up the board, uh, his around the green game is as pristine as anybody in this tournament. So uh, I, I think all three picks that have been made so far are three of probably your higher win equity guys when you get rid of, you know, the maybe the top couple guys at the top. Yeah, and, and I'll back that pick up as well. Like I, I absolutely love Cameron Smith, and and I was going between Cam Smith and Hideki uh, for my first pick. What swung it for me is I, I do think there's a little bit of recovery potentially from the Masters psychologically for him. Like that was a big hit for him. That's the only reason I went Decky over Cam Smith. The credentials are absolutely there. His shot gains approach the last five tournaments have been just absolutely off the chart. And I think that's the bit that possibly gets missed with Cam Smith. We all talk about him being an amazing putter. We all talk about him being amazing around the game. 
the greens. He's been like topping fields for shot gains approach. Like, I mean, he's he's at an elite level for his approach play. So for Ken Smith, I see that there's probably a couple of different ways for victory for him here. Um, you know, whether it is he has a lights out iron play week and he's hitting every single pin, even if he is missing pins, he's got some backup with the short game as well. So I really like that pick there. Yeah, as um, David said, 11th in my model in weighted proximity over a two-year sample size, which isn't necessarily what you think of Cameron Smith with his game, but an elite iron player over this past year. Yeah. Um, okay, so a couple things uh, going on here in the chat. One thing, I do want to have some influence on, on the picks. Um, I mean, obviously, we can do the two-nomination thing, but I'd like to be able to nominate somebody, too. Uh, Danny put out two guys that I absolutely love. Um, if you, if you scroll up guys. So as far as Steven, your, your picks, one in particular, just from a, just a game theory standpoint, like one of those guys isn't going to get picked anytime soon. So I think we should take a couple of like the really good horses off the board that, that will definitely not be there in rounds three and four. Um, a couple of you guys are ignoring the wind thing, which is, that's fine if that's what you want to do, but I'm just kind of pointing that out that, um, that might end up mattering, uh, again, when it comes to, like, we got a lot of nominations here. Um, I don't know that we have a second from anybody. Let's see. Man, I can't, like, honestly, I think this is such an easy pick for us. I really, truly do. So I'm, like, a little disappointed team audience isn't seconding one of these two guys well, here. You could Go be ahead. the second pick. Yeah, I mean, guys, we got to take Spieth, man. He's on the right side of the wave. He's playing amazing off the tee, on approach. The around the green game is magical. He actually gained putting, I believe, last tournament after having like seven or eight tournaments in a row. He was bad with the putter. We know he can be a magician with that thing. This is like the perfect time to take Spieth. Oh, and by the way, he's 9,600. And if this pricing came out after the Byron Nelson, he'd probably be 10-2. We're getting value. Yeah, he's probably going to be chalky, but like, I say we just take a chalk guy that's on the right side of the wind wave and work work from there. These these other three took horses in Hideki, Rory, and Cameron Smith. I think we got to fight fire with fire here. So Spieth is going to be one of our guys, and that's the second nomination for him. Um, speaking I, speaking like, of chalk, do you, does Spieth go off highest owned this week? Um, right now I have the highest being Hideki. I have Spieth as the fourth highest but i mean there's definitely a possibility that as the week moves on those numbers could move because i mean we're mm -hmm. looking at 1.7 percent difference between those two right now yeah pretty tight yeah so the second nomination it looks like might be norin it looks like ivan and danny both oh and uh and byron said norin as well so i think norin's going to be our second guy here which I, I absolutely love from a value standpoint as well. He's probably going to be pretty chalky as well, guys, at that at that number. He, he is. I'm seeing 10.3% right now. But with that being said, I really like Norin this week. Yeah, and stay tuned for the first round leader and outright segment because he'll probably be making an appearance, maybe from a couple of us uh, on, on that one. Um, I love those two picks. I didn't want to have too much influence there. I mean, obviously, I wanted this to be the audience thing. They did get two nominations, um, so that's good. But uh, I'll uh, I'll be quiet on picks three and four. That's going to be all you guys. No, I'm with you guys. I thought I think that's a really good pick. There's probably five, maybe six guys that I really like under 7,500. Norton being one of the one of my favorites. So 
getting value here is going to be critical, especially the major championship. I think you found a good one there. For me, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm looking for value. I'm looking for guys who I can trust, right? That aren't that are below the 8K range. Uh, and you know, I think there's plenty of guys up top I like. If, if you guys take some of my guys, there'll be more for me to go after later. For now, I'm going to go for that value. A guy that you guys find me drafting on these draft casts often, usually my first pick. I'm glad he lasted to my second, and that's Matthew Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. at 7,900. I think he's just underpriced. Um, this should be a course that suits him really well. Um, he should have an advantage, you know, with being able to clean things up around some of these tricky greens and things like that. So um, I just think he's, a, he's too good of a value here. Yeah, it's certainly a good value at 7,900. I, I was speaking back and forth with uh, Sierra on Twitter a bit this morning, and, and I said that I was uh, a little bit sad that a few of my favorite picks had ended up on the other side of the drawer, and, and Fitzpatrick was absolutely top of that list. Mm-hmm. Um, in a, on a betting standpoint, I would absolutely be backing him if it wasn't for that wave. Um, on the on the flip side of that, I think Fitzpatrick is the absolute kind of player who, in terms of windy conditions, can play those really well. Um, mm-hmm. We know that he's a grinder. I think he doesn't like these like huge shootout affairs. I think he likes these like nitty gritty around the greens, having to scramble and try and keep the ball alive. So, you know, I think there's potential there. He may get hit with the wind, but we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, he was he was right up the top of the list on the radar, waiting for those tea times to come out, and and he was the one that I was most disappointed to see in those afternoon tea. Weather draw aside, I'm going to say Matthew Fitzpatrick is the most underpriced guy in this tournament at 7,900. When we look at his head-to-head matchups, and and just to throw it out there, Sia, you'll like this one also. Alex Noren, uh, some of the sharper offshore books, minus 185 against Christian Bezadenhout. So I don't know if you unloaded on that because I know you're not a Bezadenhout guy, but Matthew Fitzpatrick, add him to the mix. He is minus 150-plus against a lot of players that are in the either the high $8,000 range or the low $9,000 range. Yeah, I probably am a little bit too hard on Cbez. I mean, he, he's, he's actually been okay. Like, he was okay last week at the Byron Nelson, too. So um, if I gave him bulletin board material, then maybe he should be thanking me. Otherwise, I'm just going to subtly apologize to Cbez, who, of course, is friends with back nine bats, Byron. Uh, they played golf together when they were a kid and, and uh, kids, and – Byron hit more hole in ones than uh than Cbez did, so I'm just throwing that out there. He's Byron's a great player. Okay, so who are we on? We are back, David. Um, you don't know like who the audience wants next, so you can't steal one of our picks yet again. But it is on you. It's not stealing if I thought of it first. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, we have been clamoring for Decky since Decky Gate ended last week. We that was that was <laughs> that was on our bulletin board right there. We 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 had it etched. Some guys got. I, I don't know. At this point, yeah, I don't know what this, the fans want. Last week they didn't want Decky. Now this week they do want Decky. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Right, I'm going to go for a bit of value here, I think. Um, there, there's still a few guys that I think are underpriced when it comes to their um, their DraftKings pricing. So I'm going to go Cam Young at 7,600. Yeah, uh, it certainly makes sense. He's going to be super popular um, for good reason, has, has the requisite upside. There are, you know, like, listen, Cameron Young is awesome. Um, but there are, like, if you wanted to find some criticisms – the approach play can go bad here and there. And I'm just talking about the recent form because we don't have that much on Cameron Young. But obviously, he's a great play. I think you can make an argument that he's underpriced, notwithstanding the fact that obviously he doesn't have a ton or any um, major experience. But but Joel and Spencer, what are your thoughts there on Cameron Young? 
I'll let you go first, Joel. I really like Cameron Young um, I, for a few reasons. I think at this point he's shown me enough that I think he's better than the price tag that he's been given. I think at this point I would like to see him more in the mid to upper 8K range. I think um, two, I think this course actually should suit him pretty well. I think based on some of the metrics and, and what you need to do here, I think that should work to his advantage. He's going to be really strong off the tee. We know that he's pretty strong around the green. Uh, and then just finding guys that we can trust, like I said before, below seven, you know, 7,700 or whatever it is in the, that range are going to be few and far between this. Like there's five, six, seven guys maybe, but there's not a lot. So him being in that range where you can get some value and still go up and get some studs, uh, I think really is, is a good formula for, for your pick. Let me ask yeah. you this really quickly, David. Um, mm. So, you know, we saw Cameron Young at the Masters fall flat on his face. And I think from a metric standpoint, as you both alluded to, there's a lot to like about him. Like he's going to grade out well. This is the kind of course that you would expect him to find success. But do you have any concerns with him being, I mean, I'm seeing 13%, but let's just say over 10% with the volatility that he does bring to the table. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for the upside there as well, though. I mean, I think he is the kind of guy who can come out and win this thing. Um, and yeah, I, I acknowledge the the one misgiving I have is the parallels I see in this course to Augusta. I, I do see some parallels and the fact he missed the cut there isn't great. But then we look at last week and last week his approach play and, and when he lost, uh, when he missed the cut of the Masters, it was really his approach play that let him down. He was top five last week for shot, shots gained approach and he's um, coming in off a second, coming in off a third. He's gained off the tee at eight of his last nine events, um, and his short game's actually been really good. As around the game, around the green, he's gained at his last five stroke play events. So, um, you know, again, he's another one where I see a bit of um, like a few different pathways that he can come in and win this thing. I think he's got the upside. Um, I, I do think with the wind that potentially a few of these with that prevailing southerly wind, a few of those um, holes that are into the wind, having that extra distance off the tee is going to be beneficial too. David, as we wait for Spencer to. Uh make his two selections. So Stephen Pilardi, AKA Sicily kid in our chat, who will have the ownership article tomorrow. I believe you two have a weekly pizza money bet. And I don't know who's up on who, maybe you could tell us, but he has Horschel over Cameron Young and he wants to make the pizza bet with you this week. Do you accept, sir? This is, this is the inaugural pizza, pizza bet. Uh, wow. So yeah, we, we talked about it during the week of uh, we'll, we'll potentially put it to the, uh, to the fans and see what they thought in terms of category. But um, I'm, I'm taking that all day, I, and I'm looking forward to sending Spilardi a photo of me eating a delicious barbecue chicken pizza. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, and and Stephen, who will write the ownership article, come out around 5 or 6 tomorrow. He has Cameron Young at 17% uh, ownership, so everybody keep that in mind uh, when you're playing your GPPs. All right, Spencer, it's on you. By the way, for those of you that don't know Tea Times, um, there's so many ways you can put, like, like the easiest way and the most rudimentary way. You could literally Google PGA Championship tea times and one of the first hits will be a little cross promotion here cbs sports um and they, they lay it out really easy who starts on roll, uh, hole one at what times and who starts on hole 10 at what times you just scroll down you see everything like right in front of you on one page it's it's very easy viewing so check that out also speaking of cross promotion and checking things out the better golf pod with nick and spencer i believe they had a really cool guest on the uh, 200 single entry winner and spencer you can talk about that real quick if you want to, but William Atkins, who the Wind Daily people know uh, pretty well, he was the outright winner of the 200 SE, won $50,000. Not his first big hit. I'm sure you're going to want to listen to the Better Golf Pod to get Spencer and Nick's insights, but also 
Bill's insights, not just on how he took that tournament down, but maybe some of his process, which I think was probably asked about on the Better Golf Pod. So make sure you catch that. Yeah, Bill was great on that show. And congratulations again to him for taking down 50,000. And it was in an, a single entry build. And the most amazing thing about it, and I'm going to tune into the show because when he explains what happened for him to get the victory, uh, it's pretty much the exact opposite of some of these stories I've heard from Joel over the past year where things have gone wrong in the last minute to maybe not have it happen. But uh, really, really good story with him. Uh, the process is very sound with it. So be sure to tune in there and... Uh, I will give, and by the way, I just want to say one thing before I give this pick, actually. I know we're kind of running a little bit behind, but as far as the offshore market is concerned with Cameron Young, they love Cameron Young. Like, there is so much sharp money coming in on him, so I just want to throw it out there. I'm not saying not to play him. I wasn't trying to allude to that, but I just wanted to get David's opinion on that before we moved on. But uh, the two players I will take, the first one will be on the correct end of the weather draw, and then the second one won't be. I'm going to take Tony Finau, 7,900. I really like him at these tests where you need total driving. You need around the green game. I think this price tag puts him into a range that is much more doable than when we have to pay these $9,000 price tags. We don't necessarily need as much of the upside. And I do think he has a little bit of upside at this number to definitely pay out that, that price on him. And then the one I'm going to go a little bit off the radar with, at least when it comes to weather, I'm going to take Patrick Cantley at 9,100. I really like his upside for this tournament. He's, he's the first person that I bet months ago. He's one of the highest climbers in my model for upside. And when I look at him, he's first on fast bent grass screens. He's inside the top 25 in wind. I think he's going to be able to handle it. I've kind of always liked them at these windier tests, even if the results haven't always shown that to be the case with it. So uh, you guys made it difficult on me with some of the picks you made. I wanted to go Norin. I wanted to go Fitzpatrick. Uh, but instead, I'm going to go Finau and Patrick Cantlay here. I, I love the way your team is set up. I mean, Rory, Tony Finau, which is like extreme value, especially considering his upside. And Patrick Cantlay, who appears to be a bit mispriced because we haven't heard much from him outside of a, a pretty good showing with Xander at the Zurich. Um, as far as Tony Finau, I just got to say, that like the off the tee game, if you want to emphasize that, I mean, he has been so good off the tee. Approach at uh, Wells Fargo wasn't very good, but outside, like other than that, he was he's been really good on approach. In the around the green game, the last two tournaments has really bounced back from an awful stretch. So, um, I think at seventy nine hundred, Finau's a, a really clever play, and I don't I don't usually say that about Tony Finau. Yeah, I, I think he has like him and Fitzpatrick at seventy nine hundred. Those are like the two guys that I think have the most upside down in that range. Right. Yeah. So, David, we're back to you already, man. Are you ready? Comes around quick. Uh, yeah. So, last week, uh, we saw a player come out, shoot lights out in that first round, and uh, unfortunately faded in the fourth. And it's a pattern we've kind of seen with this player a couple times this year. Played really well at the players, fade in the fourth round. You guys know who I'm talking about? Who is um, it? Sebastian Munoz. Oh, all right. Tell us more. What's what's the, what's the logic there? Um, so I mean, he fits the fits the tea time narrative. AM PM. He's gaining in basically every single metric. So he's gaining on driving distance, driving accuracy, shot gains approach, around the green, and in putting. He's 16th for proximity over 200 yards. Um, I think he's playing the best golf that he's played in his his entire career. I mean, he's coming in off how many is it? One, two, three, four, eight made cuts. 
third at the Byron Nelson, and he gained a ton of shots approaching the green. Um, he's strong off the tee. Uh, I just see lots of facets to his game. Um, and, and the players, although he, he shot a 77, I believe it was, in round four and kind of faded, he was right up there in contention. And we all know what the win was like there at the players. So um, I'm seeing some parallels here. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to back him at that price. No, I, I, I knew – I mean, obviously he was the first-round leader. I was going to guess Munoz. I really didn't think you were going to take him. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Munoz. But that is who I was thinking. You know, he is an interesting value, but, like – uh, the common theme for me this week is you're going to have to take some shots because it's clear the leaders are going to – you're not going to be able to – I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think you're going to be able to get six top ten people in a lineup. I just don't think the, for the way the pricing is set up. Uh, I think you're going to have to take a shot on somebody that can maybe get you a top 20. I think, you know, Munoz can do that. So uh, dipping down to the 6K range, I, I do think he's, he's an interesting play. Absolutely. So, for me here, I'm trying to think through my strategy. If I, if I want to go up to the top and take somebody, one of the higher price guys where I like, or if I want to continue to find some value in my next picks. And uh, where I'm leaning right now is somewhere, is actually probably right in the middle in that I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Max Homa. Max nice. Homa has been, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm favoring for this week is current form by a lot. I think, We've seen guys who've had success here have been coming in a really good form. And, you know, Max Homa won his last tournament. And even before that, I think he has a, you know, he had one maybe not great result, but before that, he's been really consistent. I mean, rattling off top 15s and top 20s. Um, and I think we're going to see more of that. You know, he, he didn't do great at the Masters. And I think it was a similar vein that we were talking about Cameron Young with, you know, he kind of flopped there. I understand there's similar courses, but I think the Masters is a different beast in that. There's some things about putting and, and reading greens that you can't understand. I don't think it'll be that type of a challenge. So I think I'm a, I'm a little bit more okay with, with some of these guys that I probably wouldn't play at the Masters, but I'm willing to give a shot here. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, Max Homa, I mean, that's another guy for value at 8,100. And David, I, I think it might have been you even last mm -hmm. week when um, the, the I think maybe the betting market was open on on – Homa and you were like, man, this this number is insane on Homa. That was you and I talking about that, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Marcus first opened. He was coming in at eighty to one, I think, which just seemed like insanely overpriced and great value. And I, and I had a little dabble at eighty to one before the tea times came out. He's been cut into sixty to one now on international markets, so that seems a fair price to me. I probably wouldn't go for him at sixty, but at eighty to one, like that was good value. So real quick, um, let's start nominating now. But before, like, in other words, just nominate one name, uh, for, like, just for our next two picks, and we'll see where we go with that. But I, I do have an announcement to make, everybody. It's kind of strange because I don't see any exclamation points here, but guess who's back? Back again. Lindsay Het. I have breaking news. The first round leader will be Will Zalatoris in all caps, which is basically like an exclamation point. Also, please, please, please make Willie Z the next SIA audience pick. So I believe Lindsay, thank you for coming, by the way, uh, has Will Z as a nomination. Everybody responding with exclamation points, which I absolutely love. This is this is the best chat of all time. All right, guys, start nominating now. We've got two picks to make. Clearly, Willie Z. We're not going to count any nominations before I just uh, made the Lindsay comment. So if you nominated somebody a minute ago, nominate that person again. Uh, Willie Z is one of the nominations. See, everybody's caught. Everybody's nominating Lindsay essentially. Like here's Edward Lindsay, Zach Lindsay. We, Lindsay can't play the tournament, so nominate an actual golfer, please. 
Yeah, and you wonder why the audience didn't get a deck last week. I mean, <laughs> that's there. true. That's true. Well, Lindsay kind of takes. Okay, we have two for for Willie Z. Um, Edward Gale just did the second nomination. So, okay, Danny, stop doing two two players. So let's just try to do at least for this round. Let's try to do. Okay, Billy Ho looks like we're gonna go ahead, Billy Ho, with the second one because I'll count Danny's pick, and I know Spilardi likes um Billy Ho as well. So we got Willie Z and Billy. Let me just talk about uh, Will Z. Uh, listen. He was supposed to make the cut and have a, a pretty big impact last week. It didn't work out, but it was because he lost over four strokes putting, 4.22 in just two rounds. His ball striking was actually pretty good. So considering the fact that he's popped with the putter recently, that we know he's such a great ball striker, I don't mind this pick. I think this sort of recency bias is going to have a decent amount of people off of him where they probably should be on him at this price. Um, I'm curious what what y'all's thoughts are on, on Willie Z, though. I think you're getting a guy with a ton of upside in the 8K range, right? I think, you know, if he was priced seven or $800 more, no one would have bet in an eye. So, again, a really good value play. I have some small concerns about fit here. I mean, he's obviously an unbelievable ball striker. But how will he, you know, making putts are going to be big here. He's going to have to make a few. But I certainly think he can get you a top 10, which you'll need. Yeah, he's made it work at the Masters before in these types of fits. But – you know, I, I'm not a big comp person. Like, I kind of just view courses the way they are and move forward that way with it. For better or worse, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing with it. But uh, I kind of would have similar concerns with Joel based off of that. But at least we know that he's done it before on a similar test. And I, I think it's worth noting with the putting last week, um, four of Willie Z's eight, eight worst putting performances have come at the AT&T Byron Nelson. That's right. That's which right. is insane, which is absolutely insane. And I, I don't know, because it hasn't been at TPC Craig Ranch for all four of those, so I don't know what the parallel is there or the reasoning why. It could just be coincidental. Um, but I, I can move past that. My my biggest problem with Willie Z is he's never won. Like, he's never won. And and do I see his first victory being the PGA Championship? You know, maybe not. Like, I, I think he's a good bet for a top 10 um, I, I just don't see him having that win equity perhaps until he wins, you know, one of these other round, maybe more minor events than, than the big time. So the only pushback I'll give there is like the margins between winning, and I understand like it takes a little bit extra to win, but the margins between winning and finishing like fourth or sixth are so small, especially for a, a relatively younger golfer that hasn't had as many hacks at it, pun intended. I mean, fourth at, let's see, Zurich, which doesn't really count, six at the Masters, match play he was fifth that doesn't really farmers insurance open earlier this year second american express t6 so he is so close and granted these aren't like the necessarily the fields that we'll have this week but he is so so close and we've seen recently him sort of turn the putter around gaining 5.59 and 2.88 in back-to-back tournaments and i agree with you on the tpc craig ranch thing it's like a random anomaly where he just can't figure it out or at the byron nelson globally I, i just think saying like like and this is a a philosophical thing for like another podcast but like the idea that he hasn't won him being so young and top fiving a lot of other tournaments including ones this year i think is enough information to to tell yourself all right this guy can win he's just been barely on the outside looking in the one other thing i'll add to that is you know he doesn't need to win you know at at 8900 if jordan spieth wins that lineup you know if he gets six that's enough where he could, you know, help you win a tournament. So for DraftKings purposes, you know, yes, you, you want as many guys that have winning equity as you can, but top 10 equity, you know he has. And uh, and that might be enough to help you win, get a winning run. 
Yeah, I agree with that totally. I, I can see him getting a top 10, no question. Um, it's just, do I, do I have confidence in him standing over a six-footer to win the tournament on the 18th? Not at all. <laughs> fair. Yeah, fair. fair. All right, Joel, back to you. All right, back to me. I'm going to go back up. I'm going to take my, my next uh, big dog. The guy I'm going to round out my squad with. Again, I think more so this week than other weeks, something that's really important, even like finding these guys, if you like a guy in the low 9K range, that $1,000 savings over the 10K range is going to mean a lot in how you round out your roster. For me, I'm valuing that more than normal. So I think I'm getting a really good value on the guy who is technically the hottest golfer in the world coming off uh, the don't do it. of the last tournament. Xander Shoffley, you know, he plays up to these majors. He loves the big stage. Um, he was red hot last week. Obviously, this is a way different course. He's not going to go 10 under at any day uh, this week, but um, it all adds up. I mean, he, he, the price is right, and then I'm getting a bit savings from, from, the, from some of the other top dogs. He's got a morning tea time. His form is really good, so I really like him. Now I know how the fans feel like. Because that that was legit my next pick, Joel. So I'm <laughs> scrambling. You, you put me in a you put me in a tight bind because I'm scrambling now. If if you were to put my gun a gun to my head right now and say name a golfer who's going to finish somewhere between fifth and twentieth at this tournament, it would be Xander Schauffele. There's a lot of uh, WD jokes going on in the chat. The latest one from Edward Gale about whoever like the your best pick is basically going to withdraw round one or preceding round one. I mean, that, that, that is a lock. So one of these guys is going to withdraw. So proceed of caution. I don't know which one it is, but we're going to get a withdrawal out of my roster. That's right. All right, David, it's it's back on you. I mean, getting the, the tips of who's going to WD from Joel's uh, draft is one of the main reasons you should be tuning into this podcast every <laughs> week. Um, all right. I'm going to scramble a little bit. I was looking at it softly. So um, let me just check. I think I'm going to have to, and I know that I've just talked about his short game, but he is an elite ball striker. He's got parallel form this year at the Dubai Diesel Classic, which he won, um, and I'm going to take Victor Hovland, 9,900. Wow. Interesting. Tell us more. Yeah. Um, again, he fits the morning tea time narrative. His elite ball striking is really what draws me to him. I know that he will miss greens. I know he's going to tr struggle with the short game. Um, but he's he's hitting the ball at such a level that I can discount that a little bit. And I think one thing to to note with someone like Willie Z and uh, with um, Hovland, sorry, and potentially even Ram as well, we are seeing their, their short game is kind of a patchy. It's because these guys do have the confidence in their approach play that they will go for every green. And if he has a lights out ball striking week, I, I can see him winning the tournament. So as I said, I probably would have rather had Shoffley in this, uh, in this spot, but um, I'll take Hovland as, as a very happy substitute. All right. I, I legitimately don't know what to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> because like the problem is I was also going to take Xander, but like all the pivots that I would go around him, I would have taken Cam Smith. I would have taken Jordan Spieth. I have no interest in Dustin Johnson, so I can't go there. Um, I can't afford Justin Thomas up in this range now. So, like, Hideki, too, I would have played Hideki. It's, it's, a, it's a tough draw. It's a tough draw. I, I, everyone's bringing their A game major week. <laughs> they That's are, right. and, and I've naturally kind of found it this week that all the plays that I like, or at least the majority of the plays I like, seem to be on the wrong side of the weather draw. 
I guess I'm just going to hope for the best at this point with that because there's nothing else I can do. Oh, man. All right, let me take the first person. Let's figure out how much I have and go from there. So I will take Tommy Fleetwood at 7,600. I like his short game. I when at his best, we know that he was a guy that total driving always used to play for him, at least when he was competing in these majors. The long iron play might look good. I believe he's on the wrong side of the weather draw. So it's worth noting there. Um, that would put me at seventy seven hundred per spot. Um Oh man, this is horrible. <laughs> Welcome to the draft cast. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the first week though I think that we've done this show that like I am legitimately perplexed. Like I every play is off the board that I want to take at this point. So, what about just dipping to, you, a, to taking a shot at somebody super low end so you can open up some pricing for your your last Well, like pick? I don't want to start putting names in the, the thing. Chat, what's but... left at the top of the board that you like? Like, I mean, if you take a value pick here, there's nothing at that top end. We've eaten it up in those first. Oh, few that's true. The really elite guys. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's a tough tough spot. While while Spence works this out, um, Edwin in the in the chats um, advocating for for Tiger. What what do you guys think about Woods this week? I mean, it's it's a no for me. Uh, I just don't think over four rounds he's really going to pay off his price from a DraftKings standpoint. I, I could very well see him missing the cut. It's obviously a different sort of analysis from the Masters considering the field and the number of people in the field and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't. So how about how about you, Joel and Spencer? You you guys know me. I love me some Tiger. I will play Tiger any excuse you give me to. Uh, I, I'm not playing him this week. It's just it. It just doesn't make sense. It's hard to envision him being, you know, after we saw the Masters, he was amazing there, and that course is magical for him, and, like, he still didn't get anywhere near the leaderboard. So he made the cut, which was amazing, but that's not going to help you with DFS. So, you know, if anything, if you want to have some fun and bet Tiger, like, a top 40 or make the cut, like that, I could understand, but I don't think you're wasting your money to play him in DFS at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, we saw him lack distance at the Masters. He knows that course better than any course on tour. I think if you can get a cut made cut out of him, it's a spectacular result. I don't know. I think it's, we'll call it 50, 50 cause it's Tiger Woods. I hope he proves me wrong, but I would kind of agree with the sentiment. And just to throw a pick out there that I'm going to make, I don't know how much I love it. It's on the wrong side of the weather draw. There's going to be volatility here. I'm going to take Daniel Berger, 8,600. I don't mind that pick. I think that's super sneaky. Yeah. I, I I've always said, and I wrote about this in 2017. It was one of the very first articles that I ever put out there. Uh, and this was when I had my own website. I wasn't even writing for any website at that point. Uh, I picked Justin Thomas. I picked Daniel Berger. I mentioned how both of those guys, I believe that their first major win would come at a PGA championship. Justin Thomas crossed it off that week. Still waiting on Daniel Berger. You know, I, I kind of like him. He's top 10 in my model in some different iterations that I ran it. So um, I mean, that's about as good as I can do right now. And then I'll just find some value in the 6,800 range or wherever I can go to with it. Uh, Spencer, I hate to break this to you, but the, uh, the audience really enjoyed you struggling. Apparently it's hard. This is, this has been so difficult. Like you guys took every single play that I wanted to make. Yeah. I love it. All right. Um, who are we on? Okay. So David, let's, let's race through the end and then we'll get to uh, first round leaders and uh, outrights. Yeah, and 
And I think uh, Spencer's right. We're, we're going to have to potentially look at the other side of the draw. And I, and I don't I don't necessarily mind having one or two golfers on that other side just to cover your bases, um, especially in this kind of format. Um, you know, just things are changeable with the weather, right? And, and all it takes, we actually saw this last week, the front moves through a little bit earlier than you expect, you know, four, four or six hours earlier. And then the other um, tee timing, your, your advantage ends up getting wiped out. So I'm actually going to take the greatest name in golf, Joaquin Neiman. <laughs> uh, yeah, love it. Yeah. What, what impressed me with Joaquin was um, obviously the gen- genesis was lights out approach play. And what I enjoyed watching with him there is he's typically had this really low ball flight, which I think in the wind is actually going to prove really useful to have. But at the genesis, we actually saw him hitting these like high fades and these high draws. And I was like, you've actually, he, he's developed his skill in that area. And the dude's 23. Like, I mean, at 23, I was happy if I made myself a meal in the evening. Like, this dude is <laughs> insane. Um, so, look, I, I think he's got the potential to go really far in this tournament. I was super impressed at the Masters. You know, when I, I baked him in the Masters as well, and he ended up in the, the pairing with um, with Tiger Woods, of all people. And I had some question marks of how he would handle that event. And then he was, like, top 10 after the first two rounds. So, um, obviously, he's made for these big games. And, um, yeah, and I'm happy to take him this week at 8,500. Yeah, that was the other play I was considering. The low ball flight uh, is definitely a real answer there. And, I don't know, it was close between Berger and Neiman for me. Yeah, um, I like the play again. A really good value. You're going to need those value picks here. He certainly has the upside, so I like that there. Uh, for my pick, I'm going to go very strategic here. It's going to be a, a defensive pick. I'm looking at the audience. I'm looking to get my vengeance. I'm, I'm looking at guys who you guys might be interested in. Uh, I know who I want, and I'm going to block you from getting, and that's Shane Lowry. Um, at 8,700, he is one of the hottest golfers in golf right now. Uh, he's not on the side of the tee times that we want, right? But if anyone is – there's maybe a handful of guys that I know that should, you know, maybe play a little bit better in wind, and he's one of them. So I, he's the one guy that I think I, I'll eat the wind, right, for lack of a better word. I think I'm getting an elite ball striker uh, in the sub-9K range, and I'm going to love watching the audience scramble to figure out who to take now after Berger, Neiman, and Lowry came off the board and you have 8,500 per pick left. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. I think we should nominate guys one at a time here, starting right now. Um, I know we're talking strategy in terms of like how we're going to allocate the, the dollars. I just think ultimately it'll be easier. We don't want to have the decky problem again. Um, Courtney, you're not listening. Give me one of those two guys. Um, and okay, there you go. Now you're listening. Maybe you were listening the whole time. Um, all right. We are. All the fans listen- are working it out. I, Lowry was a, another one of those guys like Fitzpatrick, Joel, where I really, really liked him. And, and I think we all need to raise our expectation of just how good Lowry has been playing. We're looking shot, shots gained T to green over the last three months. Uh, three months. He's third in this field. So he is absolutely killing it at the moment. Um, and if we look back to the Masters, that was actually one of the first times I reached out to Sia and, and we got in touch with each other was me basically hounding Sia to take Lowry at the Masters and that mm-hmm. he was the most undervalued player in the, in the field. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he came up with the T third there. So I, I don't mind the pick at all. As I said, my, my only qualms with the weather. But, um, I mean, he's Irish. Like, when, when did the Irish have good weather? Ever. Never. 
<laughs> That's open right. championship winner. Um, Absolutely. So Mito got two picks. Okay, so let's put in Mito and see how much money we have left, so then we can nominate our last guy. Because we've got other picks for some of the high end guys, but I don't know how much we have left. Ten, so tell us something. Ten thousand four hundred. Okay. Oh, Lindsay definitely likes Mito. Mito will work with a thousand exclamation points. All right. So 10,400. What do we want to do guys? We can start nominating. Uh, do uh, I know DJ fits in that. Is Thomas 10, four or below? Thomas is uh, no 10, seven. Okay. So Thomas doesn't work. Um, we've got one for, got two for Morikawa. All right. Um, I don't think we had, oh, we had two for DJ. That leaves a ton of money on the table. Are we sure we wanted, how much is DJ? 95 9500 leaves us at that i mean i mean what do we want to do dj or morikawa let's chime in one more time now that we know like how much money we have left i'm not saying cow is better than dj i just want to make sure everybody knows that is this is this morikawa gate is that is that happening now <laughs> I, I feel there's two there's two picks there for morikawa like yeah well yeah but there were, there yeah, we're, we're treating the lines here there were two picks for dj before that from steven and ivan and the thing right. is, I, I wasn't sure they knew how much we had left. But honestly, I, I think it seems like DJ is going to be the pick. So we'll leave 1000 on the table. That's totally fine. Uh, Dustin mm. Johnson, let's go. Mm. I don't mind it. Mm. Thoughts? He's not yeah, for me this week, but... Yeah, I just have concerns with his form. And, and one of the things with DJ is you want guys coming in in, in peak form and I just don't think we've seen that out of DJ recently. He hasn't been terrible. He just hasn't been, you know, a top five guy that we're used to seeing out of him. So, uh, listen, it's still DJ. I mean, I'll still take him over a lot of other guys. You know, I just think for price, he's. I'm not going to be too heavy on him. This week. Now, tell me DJ's ownership real quick because he seems like him and, and Billy Ho seem like pretty decent leverage plays off off a, a pretty chalky lineup otherwise. Yeah, I agree with that. He's 8.6%, which yeah, would make I'll him the lowest from – Let's exclude Kepka from 9,000 and up. Uh, Dustin would be the lowest other than Kepka. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a that's a good GPP play considering we have Mito and Jordan Spieth and Alex Norton's going to pick up some ownership. Willie Z has a little bit of ownership. So I like it. Leave 1,000 on the table. We're going to be different. We're going to take down a huge tournament. So everybody submit that lineup. We're good to go. Joel, it's on you. Your last pick. I, th I think my pick here is fairly obvious. Uh, to me, I think there's a player that's exactly 6,300 that seems underpriced. I think uh, I know where you're going. Me too. Yeah. It, it's Adam Hadwin. Uh, yeah. he, I mean, he has been, he's been having a great season. He missed his last cut, which isn't great. But before that, I mean, he's just been on a tear. So this low of a price doesn't seem right. I think he should have been in the higher six year range. So I, I love the value here to run on my spot. Cool. I like it. Yeah, I, li I like Hadwin there. Um, as you know, I, I picked him up uh, last week and he let me down terribly. So I haven't quite forgiven him for that just yet. Um, I'm not sure where that came from. It was um, it was out of the ordinary for the sort of form that we've been seeing for him this year. So um, I, I think he's great value at 6,300. I do think you'll see a bit of ownership for him at that kind of price because I think he's very clearly undervalued. I think um, sort of high sixes, early sevens would have been where I'd expected him to be priced. So I think he can go value for money. I think there's some different an upside there yeah all right all right David, we're on you yep um couple names I've, and, and now we're at this stage of the draft i can probably throw some names out there for you guys that that i'm thinking about in this range um cory connors although i'm not loving the side of the draw that he's on again it's elite ball striking 
performed really well at the Masters, and um, and I'm going to back him in in this situation. Other other guys, I would have to leave a fair bit of money on the table. I do like Gary Woodland. You know, he's got that low stinger, which I think could be really good around here. He's having a lights out year, and he's he's put some good performances in together. Um, my my only misgiving with him is again, he's he's really underperformed the Masters, and he just doesn't like Augusta National. And with the parallels that I'm seeing here this week, um, I'm not sure that I can back him at, at that price. Um, other names, I think Bubba Watson might surprise some people. Um, he can shade the ball both ways. Again, he's he's a great performer at Augusta um, and a great driver of the golf ball, which I do think is going to be really important this week. But um, I'm, I'm happy to take Connors at 8,000. All right. I like it. All right, guys, I will wrap us up here. Uh, It comes down to one of two names for me. One, I can get myself on the right side of the weather draw. The other one, I would get myself on the wrong side of the weather draw. But I guess I'm a stubborn person that tries to go against the grain in these spots. Um, So the two players, just to throw it out there, Aaron Wise would be the one on the wrong side of the draw. Matt Kuchar would be the one on the right side of the draw. Yeah. I'm going to go with my numbers and I'm going to trust my math. I'm going to take Aaron Wise. It's probably, I mean, that's going with the wrong side of the ownership there too. But my numbers really like him this week. I have him inside the top 30 in all iterations of my model. And, you know, weather aside, I also have him inside the top 25 for safety. So uh, I'm going to take Aaron Wise to wrap us off here. I love that pick. I love it. I love it. That is a wrap. We're running over time, but we're not. We're not going to forget our newest feature. A new feature we had last week that I have to give credit to the audience you guys came up with, which is a great idea, um, is the golfer we didn't draft that was a surprise. I happened just, you know, to say KH Lee last week, so and then he won the tournament. So this week, we're going to do it again. Um, and everyone just give the one guy you're surprised that ain't taken. I'm going to I'm going to go with the quite frankly, the most obvious one, right? The best golfer in the world, Scotty Scheffler. Shocking. Undrafted in the draft cast. Um, But that's that's my pick. How about you, Sam? Yeah, I'll go with a low-end guy, uh, Chris Kirk. Uh, I think when when you look at how he measures up to this course, the ball striking in general, um, the putter's been a little cold. Around the green game is is really good. Uh, I think he's a guy that if you want to fit a 6K guy in your lineup, he makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If if I would have had 6,900 left and not 6,800, I think Chris Kirk has a ton of upside for this tournament. So I like that call. I will go with Keegan Bradley, 7,500 as my biggest shock that didn't get taken. How about you? Yeah. And, and I'll back up Joel on Scotty Scheffler. I, I think the reason you're saying that is just he's priced so high and there's some really good value further down the board in terms of like those Cam Smiths and those Hideki Matsuyamas, where I think you've just got just as much upside as with them. Um, with Scotty Scheffler, the the other one's Justin Thomas. I mean, he, he hasn't won for a long time, but I mean, he's an elite ball striker. His approach game's um, on point, and I think for 10, 10, 7, is he priced at ten seven? Yeah, yeah, ten seven. You're getting some good value there um, for for Justin Thomas. So I'll throw that name out there as well. I yeah, I, I like that as well. Yeah, that is a wrap for the draftcast. Please, 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 before you go, whose team do you like? Let us know who you think is going to win. Put your votes out there. Drop us a like. It goes a long way. Give us a follow. Um, don't forget, you're going to come back and tune in next week. So don't forget to, to smash the, I think um, Michael Raziel said the love button. They should create a love button if there isn't one, but at least the like button as well. 
But we're not done yet, as promised. And as always, we will hand you off with our first-round leaders, with our outrights. See, so yeah, if you can help me out real quick, we got the... Uh, that's my bad. I got you. It's okay. That's okay. Um, and then we're going to head you guys home to make a ton of money this weekend because it's going to be a fun tournament, and we're going to nail all these picks like we always do. So let's start in the outright market. Spence, why don't you kick us off? Who do you like to hear for outrights? Yeah, so I have five wagers that I put in. Uh, all of these were put in before the weather draw with it, but you know I'm fine with where I'm at with it. So Rory McIlroy, 18 to 1. That is the correct side of it. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, I bet a month ago at 28 to one, I'd be fine playing this lower than that. I, I like his upside. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 50 to one. That is on points bet. Tommy Fleetwood, 110 to one. That is on DraftKings. And Alex Noren, 130 to one. That is on DraftKings. I believe you can find that at 150 to one. If you shop around. I love it. I love it. See ya. How about you? Who do you got in the outright market? So I'm only going to give you three because, unfortunately, so I put out first-round leaders on Monday on the first cut, and most of those are live because I still like them. Um, so I'm going to give, for first-round leaders, I'm going to give the odds I gave out on Monday. But unfortunately, the outright odds, like now, a lot of them have been watered down. So I'll give you three kind of long shots because they've been watered down a little bit, but not really. Um, Tony Finau at 50-1, to 1, you can currently get that very easily. Mito Pereira and Alex Noren at 80-1. to 1. As far as, you know, how else I'm going to, you know, diversify my, my betting portfolio from an outright standpoint, I've been doing a lot of live betting lately. So, and, and by the way, if you're in our Discord, even if you're on just Twitter, if you're interested in sort of the, the live bet action, please feel free to reach out to me because I've, I've found that that's a, a pretty um, profitable way for me to, to win money in the outright mar market specifically. I love it. I love it. David, who are you looking at in the outright market? Um, so I've got a couple of names. I like Rory McIlroy. Over over in uh, New Zealand, we've got Bet365, so we can get 30-1 to 1 on him for a first-round leader. Um, Jordan Spieth, 30-1 to 1 as well. I think there's value there. Cam Young, 67, and uh, Sebastian Munoz uh, going back-to-back first-round leaders at 80-1. to 1. Oh, but outrights. Do you have um, outrights as well? Oh, outrights? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tease a couple. I'm still to, to get my final six in and, and I'll do my full write-up. So if you're not in the Discord and you're not subscribed to Win Daily, um, I do picks every week in a full deep dive um, into the course analysis and the reasoning behind my picks and, and pick six guys. So last week you would have got on the PGA, you would have got James Hahn, who was a, a top 10 and, and actually going into that fourth round was uh, was leading and I tipped him up at 226 to one. Um, so, and in, in the top 10 market, it was, uh, what do, what do you guys say? Plus seven fifty, seven seven dollars fifty for us. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it came through for, for a top 10. Um, and I, and I usually do some, some Euro picks as well. And, and three of those guys finished in the top 10, couple of them at 80 to one, um, with some, some good place returns and, and Brian Fox in second place, um, here for the outrights. Um, I mean, a couple of the guys that I've drafted will be in there. Um, Hideki's my top pick this week. I think he's going to go really well. Um, I'd be surprised if he finishes outside the top 10. Um, I really like him young. I really like Munoz. Um, and then another one that I like who's been very nearly drafted. And I was, I was glad that he, uh, he went for wise in the end was, was coach. Um, I, I think, as I said, there's a couple of ways that you can um, make your way around this golf course and in terms of short game, Cooch is right up there. So he's number one in those um, those um, traditional um, metrics. So number one for scrambling. He's in the top 10 for sand saves. Um, he's in top 10 for around the green. So, um, you know, all of those are kind of 
shots that you're going to have to play to get around this golf course. Um, and his putting's on point as well. He's top 10 for, for one putt one putt percentage. So um, I, I do see him having a good week as well, perhaps um, surprising a few. We've seen that at Kiowa Island last year as well. I mean, Patrick Harrington and some of these old guys can get around these courses and, and surprise for a top 10. So um, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see him up there. I love it. I love it. I just have a, a couple outrights. Uh, I like Shane Lowry to win the tournament at 35-1. to 1. I just love the way he's playing, uh, and I think he'll be able to survive the win as well as anybody. Um, I like the value you can get on Daniel Berger at 60-1. to 1. And my fun Hail Mary of the week is my last traffic. Adam Hammond at 250-1. to 1. That is a huge number. Um, you know, realistically, I don't think he's going to win the tournament. But throw a dollar on it. You get 250-1 to 1 odds. That's, that's a fun number. So to send us home, we have our first-round leaders, and we have the best first-round leader picket in the game. And that is basically without question is you can expect him to hit multiple per week. So, see you. We'll save your picks for last. David, kick us off. Who do you got in the first round? Well, you kind of already gave us your first round. Oh, okay. Yeah, covered them for a little bit. But what, what, I'll, what I'll add there about Lowry is that if you are getting 35 to 1 on the markers that you're getting there, um, just be aware that overseas, and I was talking to Sarah about this a little bit, that he started the week at 41. He came down to 35, 34, 31, and now he's at 29. So there's a lot of money overseas coming for Lowry. So if you're getting him at 35 to 1, that's still great value. As I said, I'm not thrilled about the draw with him. I can't back him at 29 to 1. That's too short for me. But if he was in that 35 to 41 market, I'd absolutely be backing him. I love it. I love it. Um Spence, how about you? Who are you looking at here in the first round, uh, first round leader market? Yeah, so I have four. Uh, Chris Kirk, 110 to 1 on DraftKings. Alex Noren, 80 to 1 DraftKings. That is probably my favorite of the group. Brian Harmon, 120 to 1 FanDuel. And I took Cameron Smith, 40 to 1 DraftKings. All right. I, I think one thing, one thing we talked about before the show is that the books have adjusted the pricing based off when you're teeing off. So you'll notice, guys, that typically you would think it would be higher price, but because you're in the afternoon, you're getting a better number on. Be weary of that. And if the weather changes, maybe you get there and grab good value before they adjust the numbers. It would be something that I would recommend. For me, um, a couple guys I'm, I'm going to throw out there. I like Max Homa at 50 to 1. I like Justin Thomas at 40 to 1. You know, one thing that's coming to mind for me is, uh, a couple of weeks ago when the players, when everyone fell apart, Justin Thomas didn't, he went like bogey free, had a great round. So he tends to, he can put something together in conditions like this. And my last first round leader is going to be John Rom. Same kind of thought process at 35 to one. I like it. All right. All see right. ya. Tell us where is our bread butter? So you've lost some of these numbers. So hopefully if maybe you put these in on Monday, I gave these out um, four of these five. I've gave it, I gave it on Monday on the first cut DFS show. Uh, I'll start with Jordan Spieth. It was 35 to one. It looks like it's down to 25 to one. That's on DraftKings. You can probably find it higher somewhere else, but I just looked at DraftKings. It was 25 to one. So Jordan Spieth, 35 to one or 25. Um, Hideki Matsuyama, I got it 40 to one on Monday. It's now 30 to one as a first round leader. Uh, Alex Norn, I agree with Spencer. I think it's a great play. Um, it's 60 to one on DraftKings right now. You can probably find it higher somewhere else. I got it at 80 to one. And then I'm taking out Aaron Wise because of the weather draw. But I, I do have to say, like Thursday, the, the weather draw isn't super significant. The, the draw really relates to DraftKings waves and, and whatnot um, when it comes to like AM, PM. So 
what I'm trying to say is Friday morning, according to what David said, is really like the really tough time to be out there. So you can conceivably take some afternoon guys. I'm still probably going to take Aaron Wise off at 110 to 1, but I think that's a decent play. So let me just go over the four, and then I'll add a fifth. Spieth, Decky, Norin, Tony Finau, I didn't mention at 55 to 1. I like the upside for, for a round for Tony Finau. And finally, I, I do have to point out, a comment here, a pretty irresponsible one by Lindsay. Please put everything you have on Willie Z first round leader, except your kid's piggy bank. Let me tell you why that's irresponsible. Joel, you want to tell tell us why that's irresponsible? Joel, this is where you're way off. You should actually take your entire kid's piggy bank, not only put that on it, Thank you. but you should steal your nephews, your, your nieces, all your family members' piggy banks and their college funds. Also put that on it because then not only what you're doing there is you're really being Peter Pan, right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to turn that into so much more that now you're paying for their kids' colleges. You didn't even think that far ahead, but that's what we do. That's here. right. It's short-term stealing for long-term investment. And by the way, you can take a cut. Like, so if you invest like $10 of a piggy bank for your nephew or your niece, then, you know, take, take two bucks back when you double that, or I should say 20% back when you, 45 times your number on Will Zalatoris, Lindsay's guy at 45 to one. That is your super lock 45 to one first round leader. It's Will Zalatoris. It's the easy button. Go ahead and sprinkle on the other four guys. Of course, that's Spieth, that's Decky, that's Norn, that's Finau. But at the end of the day, it's it's going to be Lindsay's guy, Will Zalatoris. That was already a pick that was given out on Monday. So, Lindsay, uh, you were reading my mind. Throw the piggy bank in there. It's not stealing. You're going to put the money back plus some. That's a wrap. That's the PGA Championship. We gave you the first-round leader. We gave you the best lineup so you can possibly build. Now it's on you. Foster that. Go out there. Turn it into tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's what we're doing this week. Good luck. Give us a like. Give us a follow. See you. What I forget. Let's see. Uh, well, oh, of course. Um, we forgot to thank David for, A, being a part of the Wind Daily Sports team, B, being a part of this show. Uh, we really appreciate you being here, a part of the Wind Daily team as well. You guys can find him on Twitter. He has his Twitter up there. How do you pronounce your last name, David? Belisky. Wrong. It's pronounced sports. Sports. <laughs>